When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, thank you for joining us on a tripe supper reflecting on Tony Pulis's Middlesbrough exit, which was confirmed by the club early on Friday morning. Pulis leaves having taken charge of 80 Borough games, 35 wins, 22 draws, 23 losses. It was a 43.75% win rate. But, Vic, it wasn't really about the results in the end, was it? It was about the mood with the fans and that kind of made yeah, I think the exit so. inevitable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he never really won hearts and minds. Uh, we know that he, he's makes no apologies for paying for, for playing functional football and that's fine you know there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat and that's a perfectly uh, reasonable way of playing games but if you play functional football you have to get results uh, it's not new to Middlesbrough I thought Karanka played functional football uh, patient possessive football uh, but got results and if you get results people buy into it I mean, Arsenal fans were quite happy to watch boring defensive football and sing 1-0 to the Arsenal uh, in the past. Uh, boring, boring, Borough was a brand. Uh, it, it's acceptable if you're winning. If you don't win, then there's very little in the credit bank. And in some ways, I feel sorry for Tony Pulis because most managers arrive with a, a, a blank slate and uh, they have a honeymoon period where they have a chance to impose themselves. But Tony Pulis never had that. Tony Pulis arrived with, with cultural baggage as the archetypal, long-ball, direct, attritional football manager. Uh, so I, I think, in that sense, if you don't get off to a, a good start and impose yourself and start winning and, and set the narrative, I think you're going to start to really quickly lose fans. And I think, for in that sense... It's been an 18-month battle for him to keep as many people on board as possible. And every significant defeat, every setback, uh, losing in the playoffs last year to Aston Villa without barely throwing a punch, uh, home performances, especially this season, I think people have have uh, left the, the Pulis camp and gone into the sceptics quite quickly. And you could feel it over the course of the season, couldn't you, the... the the mood music was changing. The balance of forces were changing. It gets very hard to find people willing to put up a case for the manager. And before you know it, it's a, a wholesale collapse in support. I think the match where it probably turned was the Bristol game at home, where uh, Borough fans, unprompted, started chanting for the manager's head. Very, very hard to put that genie back in the bottle. Phil, Vic touched on it there. The, the two things here, his perception before he came in, which which Pulis has always says whenever it comes up that he's not bothered about his perception. It doesn't bother him, but the, the, the amount of times he talks about it and the way he talks about it suggests that it does irk him slightly. And the other thing, I was thinking about this this week, this thing of kind of when, when the fans truly started to turn, because I think in the second half of last season, probably because of um, the way Borough used Adama Traore, and, and, and they weren't particularly bad to watch in the second half of last season, when... When the, when the kind of rot really started to set in and I, I wondered whether the, the manner of the defeat to Villa and, in the playoffs and the fact that fans then had a full summer to stew 
on the fact that Borough hadn't had a shot on goal for two for two legs, almost set Borough off one nil down, set Tony Pulis yeah. off one nil down. This I don't know. I felt that was quite slightly a bit of a free pass that playoff because he'd got it, kind of ticked that box that he got Borough in the playoffs, and well. What do you expect with playing Villa in the playoff <coughs> semi-finals? We shouldn't be able to compete with them. That kind of mindset. You said that straight with Ipswich. Yeah, didn't I'm not saying I agree with that, by the way. But um, <coughs> if you remember, I mean, we all remember the 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 August, you know. So where where Borough were unbeaten um, and flying high near the top of the league or virtually joint top of the league, um, I think he probably carried that goodwill into to September. Um, it was probably it was probably that run of. Probably that run of results just before Christmas. Um, I forget the sequence now. I haven't looked at it before we came in here to talk about it. But if you remember, it was around the time we lost, the lost the QPR. The you know, lost the QPR. There was a, did Buratik pick up something like two points out of twelve, something like that? And then there was the, the, and the cup defeat. Yeah, and I think that's roughly if you wanted to sort of put a sort of um, a time frame on it. I think that's when it really started to lose the fans. And then you go into January on the back of. A horrendous Boxing Day loss at home to 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 Chef Wednesday, the Millwall match where Borough were you know taken on a struggling Millwall side and we're just so flat, so uninspired. And then you get the Newport Cup defeat going into February. It, it never really recovered from that for me. And um, you know, he, 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 I get the point that Vic's made about you feel sorry for him in some respects when he came in because it wasn't his you know it wasn't his squad. He came in in difficult circumstances, but. He's an experienced manager. He knew exactly what he was going into. Um, now we're not, we were not, we weren't privy to the conversations between him and the chairman as to what money he'd be given or we wouldn't be given. You know, I tried to press Tony on on what the remit was. It bother him after that match, you know, saying, you know, look, because he made a, made a point of, of of speaking about, you know, once again we balanced the books and the achievement of finishing seventh. And you, we've all heard the quotes and, and read the quotes. Um, and I said, well, was that the remit when you walked in the door? And he kind of fudged it and said, well, no, I didn't need to be told that was the remit. I just knew that was what was to do. Um, and, then, and then the other thing that probably didn't work against, didn't work in his favour, and was probably self-inflicted. You know, we don't know exactly, we don't have all the details on the sort of the, the toings and froings over the transfers in the, in, in the summer window in particular where... We understand there were certain targets you could have had in early, and he, he demurred on them. He, he decided to wait and get player X instead of player Y. Got to the end of the window and couldn't get who he wanted, so we ended up, you know, seeing other players arrive. I think there is a degree of truth in that. We've heard it from enough, you know, you know, sound sound sources to suggest that you know the club were prepared to do some deals early, and obviously they got Flint over the line. Whatever you think of, of Flint and McNair was over the line early. So there were, you know, and and, and this just just final point I want to make on it on this topic, you know, for all the talk of balancing the books and and and, and the long term job he wanted to do for Borough, there was plenty of there was plenty of moments where you thought he wasn't looking at the long term. For example, you know, the 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 the, the chase for Balassi when when that was going to cost a fortune, and you know, he wanted to do the deal, as far as we understand, and the club said, look, I know we can't afford this. This is. You know, and some of the players that were actually looked to sign on long-term deals, which, which if they were at the club now, the club would be scratching its head and really thinking, how can you know, how can we get those off the books? You know, nearly signed more Bessage on a big contract for four, whatever, what it would have been three or four years, probably four years. Those kind of deals, they would have crippled the club moving forward. So, I still don't think he can be. He's been a little bit disingenuous at times with some of the things of what he's said. 
But but ultimately, as we all know, I know you sort of said at the start, it wasn't just about results, Dom, and certainly that's probably why he lost he lost the fans. But in terms of the reason why you know why he's gone now is because Burr didn't do what they meant to do on the pitch, which was win promotion. Steve Gibson was quoted um, in the in the statement when obviously which obviously confirmed Pulis was going. What did you make of what what the chairman had to say, Vic? Uh, I think this, there is a genuine mutual respect between the two of them I mean every time I've spoken to Steve Gibson you know he 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 admires and respects Tony Pulis his knowledge his professionalism his integrity I mean the fact that he's a I mean we've all spoke to him off the record and he's a he's a really interesting bloke once the microphone's turned off and he you know he's he's personable he's dedicated he's you know he's in the in the gym every morning at six o'clock he puts the hours in you know there's no question whatsoever that he has giving his all to the club uh, as Phil said it comes down to results at the end of the day and uh, not finishing in the top six was a failure uh, for all the talk of players having to be sold at the end of the day they've still invested £20 million which is a lot of money in this division <clears throat> and it's a budget far far in excess of the two teams that were promoted automatically mm. and probably in excess of all but Aston Villa in in the top six so however you want to judge the criteria the season has been a disappointment so I'm not surprised uh, I, I do think that Steve Gibson likes Tony Pulis as a bloke and when he says he was welcome back anytime I'm sure that's true I mean, I certainly think it's the case it's sometimes it's, when he's when we've all done it when you sit and actually try and analyse why Bury bought certain or signed certain players last summer Virtually all of them, and and their impact on the team in the in the following season, the season we've just watched, it just it's hard to think of anything that really worked. You know, if you want to if you want to boil it down to why you know why Borough failed this season, it's surely largely that summer window just gone. As Vic says, the manager was given money, and he spent the thick end of twenty million pound on three players who barely, well, two players certainly, who, um, you know, McNair's barely featured Savile hasn't made the impact we wanted to uh, who else was the other one Flint Flint sorry who by common consent didn't didn't make the impact we wanted him to although Bury defensively were very good and then you look at the loan signings Hugel kind of got hung out to dry didn't he um, you know more Besic just didn't kick on this season so uh, ultimately for all whatever you think about Pulis's football he didn't get that window right and Bury didn't it didn't, didn't benefit because of that window. Yes, Triori went, um, and yes, Bamford went. Although would he have played anyway? Um, and then Ben Gibson. Well, you know, so there, there are reasons. But ultimately, if you get twenty odd million pound to spend, and those three players you bring in don't deliver, then the managers can't complain about not being backed. For me, the the the, the thing with Tony Pulis is obviously he's a results man. He gets results and. And it was interesting, I thought, talking to uh, reporters who cover other clubs throughout the course of the season, there was one reporter who covers a team in the top six, and he was absolutely adamant, up until probably the, the sixth defeat, that Borough were going to get one of the top two places. Absolutely adamant that Borough would stick a run together when it truly mattered, the, the, the kind of too, too <laughs> solid to do what they did, yeah. lose six games on the road, and, and, and they'd get there. But when you look at... The top six. So much is made of the championship being a grind and being about players with experience and nous and and you know who've been there and done it. When you look at the top six this season, teams who play with a bit of flair yeah. and who have goals in the who have goals in the team have been rewarded. That must 
been have been noticed by the decision makers and must be at the forefront of the thoughts oh, as they plan ahead for next season. Uh, absolutely, I, I think this this season uh, the league table uh, will flag up the fact that attacking has been rewarded this season. Uh, maybe in the past that wasn't the case. You know, there, there were times when it, it did. The teams that went up were the teams that that could nick a one nil win and weren't losing against their their rivals. But this season we've we've seen teams really going for it. Uh, all the top six have played adventurous football. Uh, my understanding is that that is the route that the club would like to go down. Uh, they want to play more attacking football. That they're, they're acutely aware of the home performances this season and the reaction of the supporters to them. Uh, acutely aware of that. And at the end of the day, you know, Steve Gibson's a Borough fan. He's watched a lot of football throughout his life. He he knows that this season has been substandard at home, and he shares a lot of the frustrations of the fans. And he he knows that, you know, primarily you have to you have to give the home crowd what they want, which is entertainment, excitement, and hope. But they you know they, they have a, a possibility of success. Uh, my understanding is that that's that's what they would like to do. It's easy to say that. It's not so easy to get the players in and change the mentality, but that is the the objective. And, and uh, in Steve Gibson's statement, there's a lot of talk of youth about the fact that Tony Pulis has given academy players the chance. Obviously, players like Lewis Wingdale, Fry, and um, who've been in the first team, but then also the likes of Steve Walker and Jed Spence, who've who've played in the cup games this year. Do you think, looking ahead to next season, we might see more of those sorts of players? That's certainly the impression I get that there there are a clutch of players there, <coughs> and there's a need to build a pathway from the academy into the first team, so that people can follow the path that. Dale Fry's taken and Lewis Wing's taken uh, that Marcus Tavernier can push on next year uh, uh, Jed Spence uh, Nathan Wood I think they are, they think very highly of, of Connor Malley and I think all those people will be blooded next year I don't think you can build a team around a bunch of kids and pile expectations on them immediately but there is this notion that you build a pathway and that the academy lads can be an active part of the setup. The fans feel that the general reaction to Pulis's departure was one of celebration. You know, Borough fans have made their minds upon it. Have you known a manager, a, rea- a manager going, prompt such a reaction as well, that? As the, well, I, well, I don't think there was much heartbreak around Gordon Stratton's Strachan, departure. Yeah, was the, the obvious um, one, isn't it? I mean, the. Borough fans were very ambivalent about McLaren for a long time, weren't they? I mean, you know, it, it never really won them over in terms... There was respect rather than admiration, yeah. wasn't it? There was, there was, well, he's doing a job, but it's not really the kind of football we want to watch. But ultimately, when the big book of Borough is written in 50 years' time, he'll go down at the moment as the most successful ever Borough boss. And, the, you know, he was supported incredibly by the chairman. That must never be forgotten. Um, no, I... It's a weird one, isn't it? It's it just didn't take the fans with him, Tony. And the irony is that if Borough had played, you know, if Borough had played true Tony Pulis football, they wouldn't have been half as bad to watch because they'd have been getting the ball forward, they'd have been pushing teams back, they'd have been causing problems in the opposition box. They were so tentative and 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 um, and slow, and you know. 
well, you know, the, I don't have to tell the fans what the home performances are like. They all saw them. But, you know, the, as I mentioned, the Millwall game there, just after Christmas, what was going on? Why, why did Borough come out the trap so slow? I, I, for me, it wasn't a Tony Pulis team. You know, Tony Pulis football is fun, functional and it, it can be regarded as a bit basic and one-dimensional. Di- one but it doesn't necessarily have to be boring. You know, some of the some of the long ball teams of the past have been quite up and down. Particularly Graham Taylor. Going back long enough, I can remember Graham Taylor's Watford team. They were very entertaining at times with two wingers and the big lad up front. I think it was Riley, whoever it was, Nigel Callahan and John Barnes playing wide. They got the ball forward fast. They put teams back. But the, there was a degree of excitement about that. What Burrow were was just so slow and one dimensional. So I think that's one of the reasons, and obviously the history that he brought with him. He had a reputation, didn't he? I mean, just just briefly going back to your point about the young ones, I think it's it's an easy, easy thing to say that the Borough have got some great young kids and they should all be going, thrown in the team. And I know that's not what we're saying. Um, like any player, when they, when you're not in the team, your reputation grows, doesn't it? Um, and I, you know, I, I'd love to see a couple more players come into the team. It sounds like Jed Spence has kicked on well. Um, uh, I'm hearing good things about, as you say, Conor Malley. Um, Steve, Tav, Walker's been Steve Walker on loan Tav Stubbs has been out on loan that's a long way from saying they're ready to play in the in the championship and um, and I'm staggered by the number of fans who just you know and I did it myself you know you know years gone by with young players as well we all do it um, get excited by young players and rightly so that's what football's all about but you, know, you can't just throw five or six lads from the academy most of most of the people who demand that Pulis, whoever throws these kids in, is probably seeing these players play if they're lucky a couple of times, whether it was in the League Cup earlier last season or whenever it was. So it's it's a big stretch to say suddenly Borough can you know can can immediately have got half a team worth of great academy recruits that that are, are ready to step up. As I say, I think it'd be nice to see a couple more blended in. I mean, forget Wood's still only sixteen, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing for Steve Walker to go out and do a job at MK Dons, and that was exactly the right thing to do, and probably exactly the right thing to do again next season. Will for him to, do, to make a similar move. Uh, you know, he's still very. It's really hard for strikers at the best of times. Never mind if you're an 18 year old striker. Uh, so, so I'm excited by the idea that Borough will look to use the younger players, and will look also to recruit a different type of player. I, I also think it's quite. It's great to have the. Desire to play entertaining football, as Vic describes it, or you know, a more adventurous style of football. It's a real huge ask to sort of do it on a weekly basis. I think that's more about philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. That's about. It's not. We're not. We're nobody sat here saying Borough next season will go out and it'll be like watching Barcelona um, at their peak, or you know, Man United when Fergie's team was you know destroying teams left, right, and centre, or, or Man City or Liverpool to take teams from this season. I think what. Fans want to see, and I think what the chairman probably wants to see, and what all of us want to see, is a team that steps out on the pitch with a, with a, with a, with, a, with a desire to play football, to to have a go at teams, to, to to go out there and think, right, okay, we've got Millwall coming and they've won one game out of the last ten. We can we're better than them. We know we're better than them, and we're going to in the first twenty minutes they're going to wish they'd never turned up here, rather than this, you know, give them twenty minutes to find defeat in the game and suddenly realise Borough aren't as good as they maybe thought they were. So. I think one of the most frustrating things of, of the Pulis era has been getting a goal up and then <coughs> sitting, sitting back, back yeah. taking a striker off, putting a, a defender on, uh, you know, shoring it up and trying to hold on to a 1-0 lead for half an hour. And that's when you should be going for the jugular when teams are you know, on the back foot. You know, go for it. And that's what people want to see. And I, I think that's 
there's a recognition that that has been part of the problem. I mean, plus one of the worst results from the season just gone in terms of it was one of the best performances, or certainly one of the best results, but one of the worst results for how Borough set out for the remainder of the season was the win at West Brom. Because, and, and to a lesser extent, the win at Birmingham, because Bur- Bur- Borough set Swansea up that and way. And, 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 and to be fair, though, you know, the West Brom game was good to watch, the fans were fantastic, Borough you know, deserved the win. But that suggests, I think that gave Tony the idea that every time they go somewhere where they think they're going to have a tough match, it's best to play one up front and set up that way. And virtually every time they did it after that, they got skinned, didn't they? Mm. So I think, I think moving forward, you know, absolutely like Vic says, you know, I think that it's been proven, hasn't it, that the, the teams that have played football quite, you know, have, have prospered this season. You know, and, and, and when, when you say Borough get played off the park by QPR for half an hour, like they did at Loftus Road, you kind of think... Something not quite right here. Um, Tony Pulis spoke to the Telegraph within a few hours of of the news coming out and said that he has no intentions to re- uh, to retire and he's already looking ahead and looking forward to his next challenge. What will that be? Do you reckon? I think he's got an excellent CV, and there will, there will always be teams who who want to. I mean, fo- football's cyclical. If you've failed with an attacking philosophy. Your next move is to shore it up and make it more rigid and you bring in a def- uh, someone who you think is going to get the team organised and make them more gritty. Uh, so you know, there will be plenty of teams uh, who want someone who can do that. In the Premier League, will he get a job in, say, February to keep a team up? Or? Uh, why not? I mean, if, if you're a manager that, that's anxious to stay in the, the big money league, stay on the gravy train, and there's a manager there available that has on his CV just that, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's incredible fine margins, isn't it, football? And he said it often enough. And you've you just got to look at the example of Derby and Middlesbrough. Derby finished one point better off than Middlesbrough. And, and despite everybody, the Frank Lard loving, um, you know, Pulis was, he keeps repeating it, doesn't he? We, shouldn't, we should have picked up at least a couple of points in that run of 60 feet. And, and his, he, his mind will be saying, look, Derby basically, you know, were one point better off than us. They got played off the park for you know by Leeds for, for in the first match and then went to Ellen Road and 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 and, and fair to play fair play to them got through and that's that's what football sometimes about so I don't think he'll be sat at home thinking I'm I'm missing by a million miles yeah, here. he doesn't he doesn't believe there's anything fundamentally wrong with his philosophy yeah. and, and to some extent that's true I mean as I said before you know there's more than one one way to skin a cat and, and different people work. Fit in different ways in, at clubs in particular circumstances. Sometimes you're the wrong man at the, uh, uh, the right man at the wrong time. Sometimes you're the, the wrong person completely. Sometimes it clicks. And there's in football, people will look at, at Tony Pulis's record, what he's done over the last 10, 15 years, and they'll say he can do X for us. Finally, before we wrap up, we're going to do another pod early next week, looking ahead. To, to who comes next and, and assessing the various candidates and front runners according to bookies and whatnot. But very briefly now, but we're, we're, we're here in a couple of weeks of considering, pondering options. And, and That's the impression I got, yeah, that they're, got, they've got irons in the fire. They're not going to rush into it. They want to make the right appointment, not an early one. Uh, and they know that they need to get it right. Which makes sense. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it can take too long because, as we know, you know that there are there are issues within the squad that need to be re- addressed, and it would be nice that the next manager's here when Borough are signing players. And I know nowadays in modern football that you don't necessarily have to have that situation, but nonetheless, you'd like to think that the new man who came in had a hand in 
you know, influencing and, and having say in signings and, and, and being able to build a team. Ultimately, to build the team that he needs, which is probably the problem that Tony Pulis had, was he wasn't really, for whatever reason, able to build a Tony Pulis side. Um, I think, yeah, you know, get the right man. You know, and if that means taking an extra few days to get the right man, let's do it. You know, it's, it's a really tough. I don't envy Steve. Uh, Gibson making that decision it's a really tough call because we know there isn't the money about like there used to be we know that you know Borough have had one season in 10 now in the Premier League so the pressure's on to end this cycle of constant championship football um, and do it in what you know it's already looking like it's going to be a phenomenally tough championship next season doesn't it it's going to be really difficult Um, so get the right man um and if that takes, as I say, as as you guys have said, a couple of weeks, then so be it. You wouldn't want it to drag on into July, would you? You know, you, you, we're at, we're at a time at the moment where there isn't a great deal happening. You know, there's still there's still the playoff finals to take place yet. But um, you know, Burr are in the business now of, of bringing in new players and moving players on. The new manager will want to have a look at the players that are here, here, even if just to assess. Right, he's on this. I can't afford to keep him. Let's move him on and bring somebody else in on less money. That kind of decision, you know, you've got all the all the issues around people like Braithwaite and what have you. So, it would be nice if if the new manager was in, um, you know, you know, in a week or two. Certainly no later than sort of early June, early to mid June. Yeah, early to mid June. Excellent. Like I say, we will touch on that in a, in another podcast early early next week. But thanks a lot for listening.